have Mr. Warren McClure with us today. Um, he's going to tell you a little bit about himself and keep watching the rumor and the digital signs for more Meet Your Professor opportunities. Please sign in if you haven't. Monica's passing around the list. So at this time, Mr. McClure. Thank you. So if this is about getting to know your professor, I'm going to confess right away that you're going to get to know me a little bit because this morning, I uh, and I'm blaming my Bio 112 class for this, um, I had a whole bunch of nice slides ready to go, and only two of them saved. And the reason I'm blaming you guys is because I was downloading all of your PowerPoint presentations. And then when I was closing them out, I think I closed mine without hitting save. And even though I had been working on this, I only ended up with two slides, even though I worked on it all weekend. So um, I'm going to have to wing it a little bit. And to be honest with you, I feel like as a teacher here, one of the best things I do is wing it. And Dr. Nolan uh, talks about this, too. Uh, sometimes we have to wing it when things don't work out the way we'd expect, especially in lab scenarios. So I'm going to be winging it a little bit today, but thank goodness, uh, last summer I took a class uh, through Escala, and it was for science teachers specifically, and they had us come up with our STEM journey. And my theme was going to be who, who influenced me in my life through my STEM journey. And so all of those people are actually up here, starting with my mom and dad. My uh, mom was an elementary school teacher. And my dad was a farmer, but he was a very well is, is a very well-educated farmer. Uh, so education's always been really important. Um, religion was very important uh, growing up in my life. I uh, went to church every Sunday with my parents. And uh, as I got to middle school, my parents were very kind with asking, letting me ask questions and explore uh, science. And so in middle school, I started talking to a teacher who was talking about evolution, and I was really excited about evolution, and I'll tell you about a little conversation I had in uh, class, uh, after class one day with a classmate. Um, then I had a teacher in high school tell me I couldn't make it at college. Looked at me and said, with, and it might have been more my attitude, it was my senior year, and I had senioritis, I think everybody goes through that, but... Uh, said, you're never going to make it at college. Well, I ended up making it through, thank goodness. I went to Fort Lewis College, and um, I went there because it was in-state, but it was as far away from home as possible. It was time to break those early ties, right? I needed to get away. At college, I met some teachers who were very honest with me in both good and bad ways. I got an 89.4% in my physiology class. And I went to my instructor, Sherry Bird, and I had pictures of these people up here in my other slides, so I'm kind of bummed they're not here. And I said, Sherry, I'm a tenth of a, way, a point away from getting an A. And she looked at me and she said, remember those two labs you turned in late? And I said, yeah. She goes, wouldn't those 20 points look good right now? And I said, touche, you're right. My fault, I didn't get them turned in. So I ended up getting a B plus instead of an A minus in that class. So again, hard lessons learned. I also had a little bit too much fun my freshman year at Fort Lewis College. I went there with a full ride scholarship. After my freshman year, 
I didn't have my full ride scholarship anymore. I had to have a 3.5 to get it back. I had a 2.97 because I got a D in calculus, which was a five credit class. So the reason I tell you guys this is because there's a lot of influences, both good and bad, along the way. And I think we've all experienced them at some level. And I, I want my students especially to know that, yes, I have had some failures. I've had students come up to me, you don't know what it's like, how hard this is for me. I, I do know how hard it is. I got that D in calculus, and man, did it crush me. Um, so while I was at grad school, though, I also had my microbiology instructor. He's like, hey, come be my work study. He's like, you ask great questions. You should consider grad school. And I was like, grad school? What's grad school? I really, I kind of knew, but I didn't have a great sense of it in the sciences. My dad actually had a master's in guidance and counseling, but that was a professional degree, right? I didn't really think about having a career of science. And so after Dr. Deaver asked me if I'd be interested, I said, well, sure, what do I got to do? And he started kind of uh, mentoring me a little bit, along with Sherry Bird, who I mentioned earlier, along with John Condy. And uh, yes, I want to name drop these people because they deserve credit for um, getting me to where I am today. So a lot of times an instructor might say, hey, you had some really great ideas on evolution. You need to come talk to me because I want you to keep working on something. So think about that. I'm pointing at you because you had some really good ideas in class. So um, eventually I did apply to grad school, and I was lucky enough to get in. Um, thank goodness I didn't have to take the subject test. I only had to take the general GRE, uh, and I was able to uh, get in, and in large part due to Frank Booth. Uh, this is a recent picture of him, but he's looked this way his whole life as far as I know. <laughs> yes, Frank, I'm going to see him this summer for a lab reunion. Uh, but uh, he was an incredible individual. Um, he told me once when I started there, he goes, I don't expect everybody to work as hard in this lab as me. He's like, I've got no family. He's like, my whole life is research. He's like, I don't expect that. I know you guys have lives but I do expect you to work as hard as you can. And so he was my first mentor at grad school. And then another guy that I don't have up here is a guy named Brian Zen, who I ended up working with once I got back to Colorado. He was in the same lab with me, and he was an MD-PhD student, and I still keep in contact with him today. And one of, the, one of these days I want to get him to campus because he's a board-certified pediatric neurologist and has some incredible experience. Uh, doing research, inventing basically drugs to treat people who have different disorders. Brilliant, brilliant individual. And one thing I learned at grad school is sometimes you're the dumbest person in the room. Anybody else ever experienced that? Not being the smartest guy in the room? Yeah, it's, it's a pretty common experience. And guess what? That happens a lot when you're starting out. So when you're starting out, I'm looking at you not because you're dumb, but because you're in a class of mine right now, and sometimes it feels like you're the dumbest person in the room, right? And so you got to get through that, you work through that, and you realize you're just not to where everybody else is yet. And you will get there if you keep working at it. So a lot of things I learned at grad school. That was at UT Houston, MD Anderson Cancer Center. That's, uh, that's where I did my work, my undergrad work. Um, but I had a failure there, too. Lots of good successes, but I had a big failure there, too. I was in a doctoral program. Dr. Booth took a position at a new university. I hadn't passed my comps, and I had a choice. Do I quit working in this area, 
or do I pick a new area? Do I follow him to the University of Missouri? I didn't know. And so what I did is I just put bookends on the research that I was doing. It was the start of my uh, dissertation, and I got my master's degree instead. Then I went and taught for a while. I started thinking, I really like this school stuff. It's a lot of fun. And I want my students to have fun with it, too. And I know sometimes it isn't, because it isn't always fun. But I thought, can I teach like these people, like Dr. Deaver and John Condy and Sherry Bird and Frank Booth, can I be like them and help other people find their, their way in science? And so today's part of that journey for me as well is I'm trying to help you guys understand what you need to do to get to those scientific goals that you have. After working for several years up in Denver, I uh, did research, muscular dystrophy research. I did cancer research while I was there as well. Uh, I worked as a histotechnologist. Uh, cutting up slides uh, or cutting up tissues to put on slides for uh, studying cancer and diagnosing cancer. So I got an, a chance to work with, an, uh, with Dr. Diane Heasley up there, and she would bring me up into her office and say, all right, here's, here's what we're looking at. Is the margin clean, you know, when you took this tumor out? And so she taught me a lot about histology there, which is something I really hadn't thought about either. And then finally I came back home. And my parents do live around here. They still do. And so I came back home, and a sense of place is really important about who you are. And so I've come full circle, and I live back in the valley now. And I'm Otero faculty. Obviously, that, that was for my other group that this is for. You guys all know that. And my family now has grown. Now, these aren't all my family. This is my wife here. I had bigger pictures earlier. Uh, Julie, she worked here for a while. My kids, when they were little, are here. My sister and her um, and her husband. My mom and dad, you can still see there in the middle. And this is taken out on our farm. So another big part of my life was I grew up farming. Um, I look at that as privilege for me because we owned property. We had water. We were able to do lots of things. I had the opportunity to work when not everybody has that opportunity. Maybe you grew up in inner city, you didn't have the uh, chance to go out and work on a farm or something like that. But you get to learn that work ethic uh, when you're on a farm, and it's helped me a lot. And I still try and remember that today. And there are things that are attractive about farming, but farming in this valley is not attractive anymore. And I don't know if any of you farm still. There's just not the water that there used to be. And so farming's really hard anymore. So. I didn't opt to go that way, and as a matter of fact, my dad told me, don't farm. He's like, there's not enough water. You can't make a living at it. Go, go get your work somewhere else. But it still has a great influence on me. I still go out to the farm. Uh, I like to take my dogs out there to run around. And so that's kind of my journey through science and some of my influencers, the people that really helped me out. Now, um, I do want to add a few things in to talk about what really each of these individuals or each of these events in my life had that affected who I am. My parents' constant support. I am so privileged to have parents that are both still alive, that both still help me out. One of the reasons for moving back to this area is I had built-in babysitting. So thank you, Mom and Dad, for that. Um, I grew up rural, went to the Methodist Church. I was a farm kid and sports. Anybody in here an athlete? 
How big of a part of your life are sports to you right now? Big, right? It's not going to be the only thing in your life, hopefully. I use sports as my jumping off point to get into the sciences, and I'll come back to that in a little bit. Okay, like I said, religion was a big thing early. Um, I was told when I was in middle school after class one day, uh, something got cut out there. It says believing in evolution is what it should say. I was told by a classmate that I was going to go to hell because I believed in evolution. That really turned me off. So I wanted to bring that up, though, because that was a big influencer even on what I think now. It doesn't mean I don't believe in God now, don't take that, but it did have a really big impact on me, and I started drifting more towards scientific thought in large part because of that negative experience. So negative experiences can also push you in some directions. Um, I was told I wasn't going to succeed in college. I already talked to you guys about that. I actually worked with that instructor later on. I never told her that she told me that and reminded her of it. But um, I've worked through those anger issues now. Then in college, I was encouraged to go to grad school. I talked about that. And in college, I got a chance to, undergrad, I got a chance to do a little bit of research. And it kind of piqued my interest. I studied mice, or rats actually. I made them swim in a big giant... um, 50-gallon drum, and then I took their muscles out, and I looked to see if they had an increase in mitochondrial DNA. Um, Anybody? Yes, Daniel. Didn't think you'd be asked questions during this, did you? Mitochondria run what cellular process? Cellular respiration. Thank you. Thank you, sir. (laughs) I ask this question at least once a week in class. Why do you breathe oxygen? Cellular respiration. Why do you create CO2? Cellular respiration. So everything comes back to cellular respiration. That's what I was looking at even back then, and I still love this stuff today. So, um, again, I got asked to go to grad school. I got in. I had wonderful PI there, Frank Booth. Um, Let's see. I excluded the, the negative thoughts of what my high school teacher told me. Okay, and then steps two through three, I started really thinking about how I needed to to uh, to go along. So, um, one of the things that I want to share with you guys, though, is how many of you guys grew up rural? Even though, even you guys in the back, all you athletes in the back, how many of you grew up rural, small towns? A lot of you guys did, right? So, rural is a big influence, and it still is on me today. Okay. A lot of students think I was an A-plus student. I've already shared with you I wasn't, right? Now my grades improved as I went along and as I figured things out, but I got that D in calculus and it still haunts me. I got a C in embryology. Have you ever taken embryology? Don't. (laughs) Um, Embryology was a super hard class because I think I told my anatomy classes the other day, they would take sections of chick embryos, put them on slides, And they would say, see that marking? What tissue is that derived from? What is it going to become? And which pharyngeal arch is it? And that was the question on the test. And you had 10 of those. (laughs) And it was what to me seemed like an impossible sort of class. So there are going to be classes that kick your butt. Bio 111 might be the one that kicks your butt. 
but you work through them and you get through it. And I'm looking at Alan here because uh, he, he knows that that's the case. So again, I just want to come back to this. But the influencers in your life, hopefully the bad ones, you can use them to drive you forward. Or not the bad ones, but the bad in, in experiences, the things that didn't go your way. Hopefully they can drive you forward. The, um, the uh, good influences, hopefully you can use those to um, lift you up when things don't go the way you want. Okay, so I had a whole bunch of other questions about me that you guys were going to have to say this is true about Mr. McClure, this is false about Mr. McClure, um, but unfortunately all those slides are disappeared. So I'm going to let you in on some secrets that aren't going to be secrets for much longer. I went to Crowley County High School. Does anybody know where Crowley County High School is? A few of you do. It's about 35 miles, well, not even that. My hometown, Only Springs, is 35 miles from here, but Crowley County High School um, is over in Ordway. I graduated with 30. Let's see if I can uh, find my graduating class. So now is the winging it part. <laughs> Doggone it. I took art classes. Does anybody recognize this setup here? Anybody recognize this setup here for anything? The Arts Festival, 1989-90. I graduated high school in 1990. Arts Festival was still going on here at OJC. I did not have a portfolio. I entered two things. I wasn't a great artist. Didn't have the natural talent. I also want to pass this yearbook around, and I showed Haley this the other day. Does anybody recognize this hallway? It's going from life science to Wheeler Hall. So OJC has been in my life, o Otero College now. That's walking down that ramp has been in my life, even though I didn't attend here until after school, I came and took a few more classes after I attended Fort Lewis. But I've known of Otero for a long time. My parents graduated from Otero. Let's see, what are some other things I can tell you guys? Oh, I, I've got to brag a little bit. I was all conference football and basketball in Crowley County, <sighs> right? <laughs> So, again, that sports influence, that sports influence, and I know Alan's rolling his eyes at me right now, that sports influence drove me to science, among other things, because I wanted to see how muscle adapted to exercise. And that's what that whole experience was in grad school. I, I should tell you, the title of my master's thesis is... AUF1 is exercise responsive and fiber type dependent. Sounds exciting, right? So I was looking at molecular biology and how exercise perturbation helped with that. So science and sports were the intersection, two of the biggest influences in my life, of course, along with family. I'm going to go ahead and pass these around a little bit so you can look at them and laugh at me. That's 1989. Let's see, I think this is 
Don't laugh. I know you're thinking, that's my parents' yearbook too, right? You want to look at it? My grad school crew here. See if you can find me in that. I'll, I'll pass that around starting back here. Again, my understanding of these talks is to make me feel a little more accessible, a little more human. I think you already think I'm kind of human, right? You don't, but you're not in my class. So hopefully seeing some of these things, oh gosh, I forgot about signatures in them. Don't read any of those things. <laughs> oh, yes, Teresa. Now, my biggest confession of all here. Undergrad, and I refused to share this with anybody down here for a very long time because I was also a football official my first few years here, so I officiated high school football, and I just didn't want to have to take crap from these guys. But I was a college cheerleader for two years. Yeah, see, there's the laughing right there. <laughs> so I've got two bits of evidence that said I actually did this. And I will share them as well. I'll pass them around. I'm the guy lifting the girl up in the air, believe it or not. I actually had muscle at one time in my life. Oh, no. There, we had a full crew. It was like seven guys, seven girls. We went to DU for camps and stuff like that. So we, we did it all. So... I threatened today to set this up as between two ferns. If you guys have ever seen the Zach Galifianakis, he has two ferns on either side of him, and he does a horrible interview with somebody. You guys know what I'm talking about? Would you like to interview me at all? I don't know. We can bring over two ferns. My qu really what I'm bringing up right now is do you guys have questions for me? Do you want to know about my science journey? Do you want to know why I had a mullet, uh, any of those types of things? <laughs> Why did I have a mullet? It was a style back then, even before Billy Ray Cyrus. Any other questions? Please ask me questions. Who's Billy Ray Cyrus? He was a country singer. He is Miley Cyrus's or Hannah Montana's father. I haven't aged a bit, just more uh, gray in my beard. I couldn't even grow a beard there, so I can barely grow one now. If, if you knew now or then what you know now, would you have majored in anything differently, or would you have studied a different field in grad I don't think I would have changed what I studied because it's really hard to imagine a different timeline. That's, that's the hardest thing for me. Maybe I'm just not creative enough to imagine a different timeline. But I was talking to Haley the other day when I told her about the, the cheerleading thing, and she's like, I also signed, I had a chance to sign a letter of intent to play college football. And that I regret. I wish I would have gone ahead and tried to play college football. My concern was that I wasn't going to be smart enough to pass my classes and still be able to uh, participate. But again, I think the football, even if I had played it, would have still led me to the biological interests, the muscle and exercise interests. So I don't think that would have changed. Um, 
other thing I would have changed is I would have taken my freshman year of college a little more seriously. Um, high school was fairly easy for me. My first semester, other than calculus, was pretty easy for me. I had all A's and a D. <laughs> but, you know, you get kind of cocky and think, I can handle this. And you let it go and you let it go, and then it catches up with you. So I don't think it would have changed. I, and and I'm, I'm glad it hasn't changed or it didn't, wasn't different because being here has afforded me opportunities that I wouldn't have had anywhere else. So the end has, hopefully this isn't the end, but this point has led to some really good things for me. What's that? Oh, yeah, just... I only have a few other things to show you guys here, and it's really, it's the pictures I had downloaded uh, for influencers in my life now, so this is going to be a little bit of a dad flex too here. Um, my daughter is becoming one heck of a ballerina, and she's one of my big influences right now. I consider her, other than when she's acting like she's almost 13, uh, one, of my, uh, one of my heroes. She does some amazing things. She's really energetic. This is her performing in uh, the Nutcracker. And I don't know that I like that view as much. Alan, how do I show just right click and open it? Nah, I'll just kind of keep scrolling up. My son, who's here in the middle, takes classes with Dr. Nolan over at the, and, uh, and the Trujillo's over at the Deer Dojo, and that's him in the middle. He was earning his next stripe up. This is uh, his testing. I've been really impressed with him lately, too. Just their maturity as they're growing is, is impressive to me. Uh, they're both, they both participate in the science fair. He is painfully shy, and yet he'll sit there and answer the judge's questions, because if he doesn't, he's in trouble with me. Let's see, what picture did I load next? Uh, anybody like dogs? This is Duke. He came to us uh, from actually one of my students, uh, Bobby Kern. Her family adopted him first. Uh, he was beat up and had a bite through his lip and still can be a little bit of a turkey sometimes, but uh, he's developed into a really good dog with extra love. You've seen him before, haven't you? at the 4-H dog show. He, we, we were training him, learning, uh, learning how to train him there. This is my wife, and these aren't in any particular order, so don't tell her I had her third on the list or fourth on the list after a dog. <laughs> but this is us um, over Christmas break. We went down to Arizona, and um, this is uh, looking out over a vista above Sedona. They actually had... And so uh, her family lives down there, and so I've been lucky to have her in my life now for coming up on 18 years. I know I'm getting old. Oh, here's that all-conference just for proof. Look at those legs. <laughs> I had those chicken legs back then, skinny arms. Can't see the mullet too well, but it's there. Come on, man, you can laugh. Short shorts were all the rage in like the 80s and early 90s. Now, you know, shorts are a lot longer and look a lot better. But 
That's kind of embarrassing, too. Football looked better. <laughs> Here's our other dog. This is Casey. She is a very special dog. She's got a severe overbite. She was a poorly bred, um, what do we call, uh, red-boned coonhound. And she's tiny. She's only about 40 pounds, and coonhounds are supposed to be like 60 pounds. Uh, we found her wandering on the side of the road, and my wife didn't have the heart to leave her there. And the bad dog breeder said, ah, keep her. Of course, because she wasn't going to be worth anything to him anyway. She didn't fit all the, all the things that are important for this breed of dogs. All right, and I think that's, oh, no, still love sports. Anybody in here play basketball? Anybody play basketball? You know who that is? Professional basketball here. You probably don't play for these guys. No? Denver Nuggets. Yeah, Denver Nuggets. My daughter made me this, and it's her reason, and because she made me, it's a shrinky dink. Apparently they start big, and in her art class they made it, and it shrunk down, and so it's hanging off a little string. And whenever the nuggets start losing, I rub it because I'm not superstitious at all. <laughs> Too bad Chelsea's not here. <laughs> so I start rubbing it, and the nuggets have only lost four home games this year, so I give my daughter credit for that. Yes. So we're roughly the same age. I graduated in 91. All right. Was that a 4A? Oh, no, we were small. That's the only reason I could be all conference. Because we were just, I graduated with 30 people. <laughs> Yeah, we probably were, but I would not have played a 4A school. You guys would have stomped us into a mud hole, just like most schools did. So, yeah, but where, where did you say you went? Montrose. Yeah, you guys were a little bit bigger. Um, we would have played more like Bayfield. Olathe, we would have been playing those schools from that side of the state. All right, so I'm going to get off that picture, and maybe I'll just go back to no. This one. <laughs> you guys have any other questions? Career-wise, anybody interested in the science career? I've got three people. Are you changing your major? You're getting out of English. You still got to write in the sciences, unfortunately, you know, but it's it's more prescribed. <laughs> it's not as creative. So what are you thinking about? Are you thinking just nursing still, or are you thinking about now doing research nursing? Just nursing, I shouldn't say that. Um, nursing, going with nursing. Because I didn't know, you can do research as a nurse, so that's something to think about if you're interested in those things. What are you interested in now? <laughs> I can't either. That's part of my problem. So later in the semester, you'll get to hear Mark and I, Mr. Corbett and I talk about some of the cool things we've done, and that was in my slides too. I got the opportunity, along with Mark, to name a species. How many people ever thought in their life they would get to name a species? Certainly not me. Did you ever think you would get to name a species? Alan? No. Yeah. And these are people that have been in the career for a while. You don't name species. You, you study homo sapiens. You name sites. Have you ever named a site? Oh, man, you just totally shot down my name and a species thing. So, yeah, we've had an opportunity to find dinosaur tracks and all sorts. That's the thing that's been great about OJC, is we've had the opportunity to do things that I never thought I would get to do. Back when I was doing 
research where I was running gels and cutting up mice and stuff like that, running disassembly lines. Yes? No, because I wasn't the only one who discovered it, so I had to share. It is Trulidens purgatorii. Trula meaning shovel, dens meaning tooth. Anybody ever heard of the Purgatory River? And it was found on the banks of the Purgatory River. So we put our heads together and came up with that name. We thought about naming it after somebody else, but I don't think he would have liked it. So, so Warren, now that you've done a lot of lab work and also quite a bit of field work, do you prefer one over the other? That's a, that's a good question because there, there are still days when I think the – the wet bench research is really good because it's more controlled in some ways, and you can set your parameters a little easier. But I actually now probably enjoy the field work a little bit more, and maybe it's because it's new. I can't decide what I want to be when I grow up, so I think having an opportunity to do different things, paleontology, I'm even getting a, a taste of archaeology a little bit now and anthropology. So having that opportunity to do lots of different things has been incredible. And so getting out in the field, I think, is more fun. I've also probably become more of an environmental, not an environmentalist as much as I would say, I have a greater respect for the environment now than I did when I was doing my undergrad or my graduate research, because that was really focused in on biomedical and really just the human body itself. I really like seeing things from a, a 10,000 foot view instead of that really microscopic view that I used to use for everything else. Anybody else? What's on the test? <laughs> That's always the question I get. Is this going to be on the test? Don't hide behind Haley. Any questions? No, you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> probably to get a really strong grasp of it, <clears throat> I could probably draw it out in my sleep now. But, <laughs> but honestly, teaching it is where I really felt like I could start to say, ah. So when I push you guys to learn it, I'm still having you guys kind of scratch that surface. And yes, I'm trying to get you further along than where I was when I first learned it. I think teachers are always trying to get you guys to be better than what they were when they, when they were at a certain point. So um, I felt pretty good probably by the time I graduated college, but then grad school strengthened it, and when I started teaching it, that's when it really, really, I think, stayed there forever. No. <laughs> I don't even think I could remember one. No knuckles on that. <laughs> Um, and I certainly don't have the strength to lift anybody anymore either. So I was going to say I wouldn't even try. You're, you're, you're the size of the cheerleaders I used to work with. I'm kind of petite, but I'm not strong enough to do that anymore. <laughs> Anybody else? Thank you for letting me wing it, by the way. I wish my slides would have been here, would have been a little more organized. I kind of jumped around, but 
Again, if anybody is interested in research in any field of science, or doesn't even have to be science, research of any type, come talk to me. Find the people on this campus. They'll help you out. But Mr. Corbett's. Dr. Ward, Dr. Monroe, all these people, Dr. Dr. Nolan, all of us have done research at some level. And we would love to help you guys out if you have any interest in that at all.